Welcome back, rugby fans, of course, to the Rugby Debate Show, where we put ourselves and our guests to the test. This is, of course, the Rugby Rant Podcast Show, and my name is Ty Braga, your host for today's activities, alongside Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt, Scott the Big Guy Ferrara, and more importantly, taking them on here in this Rugby Debate episode, we have Phil from Jack's Rangers Podcast, the eternal Free Jack's supporter, fan, super fan, whatever you'd like to call him. Let's welcome to the show. Phil, welcome aboard. Huzzah, gents. Let's get it. <laughs> I love it. Every time. Huzzah. I forgot that. Yeah, I love it. I love it, man. I love it. So uh, Phil has, of course, if you don't know, already got a very successful podcast of his own. We brought in some some professional uh, uh, competition here today, so to speak, uh, to be able to take on Rob and Scott in this familiar format of the rugby debate. Now, if you're not familiar with how it works, a quick reminder for our fans. These gentlemen are going to debate against one another in the hopes of becoming out the victor. How can they do so? Well, they get to be able to get, have two minutes each to be able to rant the topics at hand, of which I'll share in a moment. However, should they go over their two minutes, they'll be given what we like to refer to as the cheese. That is their first warning. Continue to infringe, and they'll be promoted to the red. That means they'll be out for the next round and essentially disqualified as we have yet to see anybody come back from that type of uh, uh, card situation. However, what are they going to be ranting about today? Well, we have two topics in mind, the first of which is to discuss the impact, the surroundings, and what led to the cancellation of the Las Vegas Cup, which, of course, was scheduled to com- be competing, sorry, competition against USA Eagles and Ireland. However, this was recently cancelled. Uh, only what? I mean, this was happening this month in October by the time this releases, right? So only just around the corner. So each one of them is going to be given the opportunity to rant about this topic, tell us the good, tell us whether it's merited, tell us why they think so, whatever that may be. And the first person to share his thoughts will be Phil. Phil, take the floor. All right, gents. So it's a bit unlucky, right, with the COVID travel restrictions that both union bosses' heads have explained to us as why the event was canceled. Uh, could it have been high ticket prices and not a lot of you know turnout? Also a factor. I mean, that's speculation, right, that you hear on the Internet. But um, I'm going to throw it this way. Is that really an event that, you know, the average fan would want to go see after we got our butts kicked against Ireland a couple months back by 60 points? Um, I mean, it's not – Las Vegas is always a good time, right? But for me, as a rugby fan, I wasn't going to go to that uh, that trip. So I'm not surprised that it was canceled. And I want to throw this out to you guys just as a side note real quick. Um, do you think it would have been better if US, uh, USA played the, um, the curtain riser for that event and it would have been, let's say, New Zealand and Ireland? This format has been used in the past, right? So just to throw this out as a possibility, why didn't they lead with that? with a, um, an event in Las Vegas, and then USA could have planned, let, let's say, like the Maori or the reserves of Ireland, the Ireland A-side, as the curtain riser, that would have been more interesting to me because it would have been more competitive to begin with. So I just wanted to throw that out as a possibility um, to discuss as well. But uh, ultimately, I mean, it's 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 unlucky, right? Um, we're living in a COVID world, and that's just one more sports casualty to uh, add to the list. But it seems like it might have been a little bit more than that, ultimately. Right. And you may very well be right. And if the rumors 
have any truth to them that are out there. I mean, what people have thrown out on social media, you want to kind of, you know, you want to glance at it, but you don't want to take it too much, you know, into it. Uh, take everything with a pinch of salt. It's social media, right? It's pretty sure. low threshold to be involved in that. However, mm -hmm. that being said, some of the rumors that have been thrown out, oh, enough tickets weren't sold. It was the wrong timing, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and you can, the list can go on. And you kind of address that to a certain point, and maybe there is some merit to it. We don't know for sure. But I do like your idea that if you were to be able to do it over, how else could it have been done? Well, maybe you're right. Maybe the, the, if, if, your, if the point was that enough tickets weren't sold, and we don't know for sure, but hypothetically, let's say that was one of the reasons. How could we avoid, have avoided that? Well, create a greater attraction. Maybe right. you're right. Maybe if it was Ireland versus New Zealand uh, on foreign territory like this, you would have enough support. Certainly when it comes to the general fan in the, in, in the U.S., they know the, the caliber of New Zealand. If they know a team, it's most likely New Zealand. And with the heritage of the Irish in the, in the, in the U.S., you think that people would most likely support that too, and it would be a great matchup. So, yes, I do see, see uh, a value in that if, you're, if your goal is to sell tickets, Right. Um, but if your goal is to be able to promote an opportunity for the USA to play at a higher level of competition, then we might be losing in that regard. So it depends on what the priority of this really was. And without knowing it, we have to be able to just fall back on our assumptions. But I think those are pretty fair ones from Phil. And let's hand it over to Scott to hear what he thinks. Let's get hot, baby. This is ridiculous. This is this is uh, this is so embarrassing for USAR coming off of 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 you know chapter eleven, coming off of you know disappointing internationals. I mean, how how could you as as you you knew COVID was a thing. You knew these travel restrictions were a thing. You knew it was you're hard pressed to get fans from outside the country at this point. So to hedge your bet just to say that. We were going to get all these Irish fans to buy these tickets, and the Irish come and, and they do watch their team and they do watch them in the states. I mean, I was there for the the one in Red Bull, and Red Bull was is only twenty five thousand people, but it was hard to get a ticket. If you, I got a, I got a ticket the first hour they went open, and then they were sold out, and then it was hard to get tickets on resale. The resale value went up like three hundred percent on a USA versus Ireland match. It was a very hard ticket to get. So you know, I think they could have sold out the stadium really well, but how you? As, as USAR, how do you really hedge your bet to say, oh, we're just going to, COVID's going to end and the restrictions are going to stop and da, 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 da. And then, you know, you're, you're going through it and Delta variant hits. And I, I just don't know, like, what the frig were you guys thinking up front to do that? I mean, if you were forecasting all, and they said this in the press release, they were forecasting the Irish fans to come across the pond to buy these tickets. So if you knew that this could have been an issue, Put it in red, a stadium like Red Bull, and then we we'll, we would just probably still would have sold fifteen thousand to twenty thousand of just American fans and Irish expats that are there. You know what I mean? So I understand what they were trying to do by putting it in the Death Star, which is which is what they call the, the stadium, Allegiant Stadium. Um, and I just I, I just don't understand why you bet that COVID restrictions were going to be lifted. It's just, it's just right, like, right. I mean, it's a pretty large bet to wager with a lot to risk, right? And yeah, the, the, this, there is such a thing as acceptable risk. And the question is, was it an acceptable risk? And I think to, to your point, Scott, you don't feel it was. I mean, you feel like the odds were stacked against you and you gambled and you lost, right? 
Um, but I mean, this kind of well, seems like, the, like you're playing the greatest hits of the USA rugby on the back of the bankruptcy and back of this kind of like. And, and that's the thing there. is you have all these U USA rugby fans who pay their dues and then don't get anything from USAR outside of playing for their club teams, right? And then they go and they put their money in to go watch this match and travel and go to Vegas and take time off of work. And you just absolutely screwed them because you bet the COVID restrictions were going to be lifted earlier. I think it's unacceptable. Right. So then you're now you're kind of going into another area, which is what is your responsibility as USA Rugby to the fan? Um, so, you know, you could open up a whole can of worms there. So let's, let's just dwell on that just for a fraction of a moment. As I re-explain, and maybe it isn't obvious to all of our viewers who are tuning in, the Las Vegas Cup was the, planned to be the first of many right now they do hope to be able to see this being a postponement and not a cancellation they do hope to be able to revisit this very same concept for 2022 at the same stadium that stadium is a legion stadium in las vegas beautiful stadium i didn't know it was referred to as the death star though uh, but of course it's normally home to the raiders so this is a top quality venue for the first time hosting an international rugby match there's a win there. So the publicity behind it was great. The story they were sharing was wonderful. And we were all buying the story, right? Until we got closer and closer and started seeing less and less information. And the whispers started to become a little bit louder that there was a problem brewing. And that problem eventually led to the cancellation of this matchup because of the travel restrictions impeding Ireland coming to the U.S. and competing. So that is the basis of their cancellation. And to Scott's point, you knew this was going to be a challenge, but you still went ahead. So you kind of, you, you overlooked your responsibility to fans, right? You overlooked the obvious risks. Uh, and, and if I understand you correctly, Scott, correct me if I'm wrong, that's the gist of your rant, right? Absolutely. It just, uh, I, th that was a risk that I felt wasn't worth taking. Right. So let's uh, hand it over to uh, Rob Hammerschmidt to uh, share his thoughts. Yeah, so the COVID restrictions, unlucky or coincidence? I don't know. I guess what I'm saying there is, is it a, uh, you know, a, a convenient exit? Convenient excuse. Yeah. Right. Because there weren't that many ticket sales. I guess I'm going that direction for a couple of reasons. Number one was too much expected from the USA rugby fan. Right. I mean, the think of what we're talking about. We're talking about. This match, we're talking about D.C., in which the All Blacks in the U.S. are going to be playing. And then we're also, don't forget, there's a Rugby World Cup qualifier happening in Rugby Town um, October 2nd. Right, Correct? against Uruguay. Right, against Uruguay. Those are three international matches here on home soil, and we're expecting USA Rugby fans to go, to, to, to go all three and try to sell those out. Not very likely. I mean, the only the only chance I had is to get the wife to agree to go to Vegas to have a good time and then go out and uh, gamble a bit and then go out and oh yeah, there's a rugby match. Do you want to go? Right. So uh, it's a tough tough ask. Uh, I, I think the other thing is there's this kind of mystique about Vegas that you know if you have it there, people will come. Well, guys, the only thing that's been successful in Vegas rugby wise has been the 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 sevens. Right, the Vegas Sevens, and they haven't done that for a couple years. And does the Sevens atmosphere translate to the Fifteens atmosphere? Sevens is a very festival style. People come and go. They go in and out. It's a multi-day affair. It's a party event similar to Las Vegas style, right? But a one-off event like this, does it tr uh, translate? 
MLR certainly wasn't able to reproduce it in 2020, weren't able to reproduce it with San Diego in 2021. And, um, and now we have this uh, failed event that, it, it, like Scott said, we rarely agree on things, but we agree on this. It is an embarrassment. Um, and then does it put too much financial pressure on USAR, right, to promote both events, to get alumni, uh, to get you know, donors to both events and try to raise money for USA Rugby? I just think it was too much to ask. Um, and it was a non-starter from the get-go, having all these events planned in November. Right. I, I think, okay, so I want to rewind to one of your original points there, was it was just too much USA rugby um, in a short window. And, and if we go even farther back, so obviously there's Uruguay in the same month, a part of the, uh, the qualifiers for 2023. Um, but even before that, through September, we had the, the Canadian internationals that were playing. One, of course, was in uh, Glendale uh, as well. So you've already had this ramp up you've already had people who spent money you've already had people who traveled i personally was at the glendale leg for uh, canada versus uh, usa and it was a sellout audience now obviously it's a much 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 smaller stadium but those fans still traveled from other parts of the nation to be able to buy a flight pay money for a hotel and all of the things that come associated to it so can they do the same thing a month later probably not so count half of your like you know say four thousand people out there potentially as high as that um, and so the same thing happens when you add Uruguay, when you add these other things, and maybe they were forced to choose between New Zealand matchup and the Irish matchup because they got only pick one, because then the following month, you've got the November international as well. So there's a lot going on. And while we are proud and happy to be able to see this type of rugby coming to American soil, is it too much of an ask for where the rugby market is right now? And, you know, we, we can't answer that question. But another point I wanted to address for, from, from Rob's side is, is this a convenient excuse that COVID has now presented us and, you know, kind of pushed us back into a corner? And to Scott's point there, well, this is no surprise. We've been coming across these challenges for the last nearly two years. Why is this suddenly a surprise? And what was your backup, right? And how much money and resources have you already committed before you got to this point right is this now just all money down the drain who knows right um but before we dive into uh, the the open discussion component of this we need to be able to take a moment to be able to thank one of our partners who help us do what we do here on the rugby rant podcast show one of those is can i brands can i brands is certainly one of those wonderful alternatives to prescription drugs that is non-habit forming this cbd plant-based product will help you mend heal revitalize refresh and also sleep if that's what you need they've got something to be able to help you through every moment of the day you can go and check them out on canibrands.com for a full product line and again these products are no thc cbd vegan products uh, that are really there to design to keep you healthy and fresh uh, and we encourage the use of these because i myself and i know my colleagues have enjoyed all of their products yeah. that they have shared with us and we want you to be able to be to do the same so you can go and check them out canibrands.com using the promo code rent 25 for an additional 25% off any of their products available on canibrands.com. Anything you put in the cart will be 25% off. So not just one item, 
everything in the cart. And once that exceeds $49 in a single purchase, you'll also get free shipping anywhere in the continental US that they ship to. I personally enjoy the Can I Boost with a little bit of a caffeine kick to get that extra pep in your step. Uh, and I know Rob will agree with me is the Can I Fresh. Whether you prefer the, uh, the spray or the yep. dropper, they're both good options to enjoy Can I Brands. And again, that's canibrands.com using the code RANT25 for the additional 25% off. Thank you for that opportunity. And we draw our attention back to the matter at hand. Open floor, gentlemen, fire away. Well, here's the thing. You know, I'm going to disagree with Rob on his point where I, I think he's a little off base on there trying to get the part, the sevens atmosphere, because it isn't, you know, an all day event. It isn't a multiple day event. Um, I think what they were trying to do is they were trying to get rugby into the most state-of-the-art stadium, essentially, in the world, um, which, which, is, which is Allegiant Stadium right now. And I think the reason they picked Vegas is because it's a big international destination, and they thought the Irish would travel to this international destination. You know, I'm, I'm not, not to disparage people, but I don't, if, if it was in Des Moines, I don't think the Irish would be getting there. There's no direct <laughs> international flights Let me knock from Dublin to Des Moines. Hey, that's you know a, what I mean? That's a... I, oh, well, you know, he's, he's, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I got to take the shot on the free jacks here, but I'm saying, so I think that portion of, of your thinking was a little off base. I think it was more international travel destination in a brand new stadium. Well, well I, I wasn't, I don't disagree with any of those points. Mm-hmm. What I was saying is they always try to recapture, you know, uh, of rugby events in Vegas um, because the Rugby Sevens has been a very, very successful, Las Vegas Sevens, a very, very successful event. But they've never been able to repeat that outside of, you know, within right. the 15s game. And that's and I think it's because it's a different atmosphere for those two events. I think it's and a different seven event, well, too. I think, yeah, but I think if you take, if you take the Soldier Field event. Vegas lends itself better to that Sevens festival party style that's more typical. I, I, you're correct if you're holding the tournament over a couple of days. I think if you're trying to hit that All Blacks Soldier Field vibe, you can get that in Vegas. And, you know, you mentioned the San Diego going to Vegas. San Diego was going to Vegas because of COVID. And then, unfortunately, they got screwed by the towns in Vegas because yeah. of the three fields they were going to use all got shut out as testing sites. And, honestly, to go back to, to 2020, it was just one of those things where, you know, it was kind of sprung on us uh, um, on the MLR side on the schedules that these matches were going to happen there in lieu of having you know all ways and all homes for for the Free Jacks and for Rooney, and I think it was just kind of short notice to get those tickets. So, I, I I just think they can get there and they can get the magic in Vegas, but hedging your bet to say the COVID restrictions were going to be off to get the Irish over here was the biggest mistake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and Phil, you know, one of the biggest criticisms, and I want you to be able to answer this one, is that they should never have picked a stadium that size. We touched on it a couple of times here, but yet, like, like Scott pointed out, how great it is for rugby to be shown on one of the greatest stages available for sports in America because it is recognized as one of the greatest stadiums. So by extension, you know, it's kind of what happened with the Giltinis when they played at, at SoFi Stadium. There was like a, a, a sense of extra credibility given to the event. And that's why they also chose the Coliseum. So do you think there's merit in saying that's why they chose that stadium? That's why it was Vegas? 
Yeah, perhaps. But ultimately, if you're not going to sell out, uh, you're just going to see a lot of space of empty seats. And is that really great marketing on TV uh, to see people that are not showing up to these events? I mean, ultimately, what is it? It's a pro football stadium, so it's at least 60,000 um, seats in there, right? Yeah. So I think Scott had a point. I hate to, I hate to throw this, uh, this praise at him because he's a Rooney fan, but um, <laughs> he was talking about Red Bull, and that's something that they've used previously as a stadium, uh, Red, Bull's, Red Bull Stadium there in New Jersey, very close to New York, right? Uh, Newark International right there. So it probably should have been held there. Um, you would probably get a sellout. It's closer uh, in terms of the Irish fans coming over in terms of travel. Um, East Coast, Irish descent. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would have made a thousand more times, you know, uh, sense to have it there than right. in Las Vegas in a stadium that was not going to be sold out. I, I get what you're saying. Clarification, for clarification, Allegiant Stadium is 65 when they have the soccer field in use. Yeah. And, 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 okay. and to, I think to Phil and Scott's point, uh, let me ask this. Scott, you, you were you were there in, in New Jersey. Um, the Irish fans was pretty strong contingent. Uh, the Irish fans was a strong contingent, but there was the USA fans were, were yeah. rocking it. I'll put it this way. I had tickets, and unbeknownst to me, they were obstructed view, and when I asked if I could be moved, the only tickets they could exchange were upper deck tickets. Yeah. And and to be honest, they were handicapped accessible tickets that didn't sell. So I'm saying they, they didn't even give me a seat in the upper deck. They gave me a folding chair on a landing in the upper deck because that's how wow. competitive that's tickets were. That's a VIP so, experience, eh? So, <laughs> yeah. So, so my point is, you know, when I went to the game here with the All Blacks and the and and Ireland, I mean, there were uh, Ireland, the Irish contingent was. And huge. by here, you and, mean Soldier Stadium here in, here in Chicago Field, for yeah. those that are listening. Uh, yeah. But, but you know, the, uh, what I'm getting at is is that there was a huge American contingent mm-hmm. that were supporting Ireland too, and that's because you know we know that that Chicago is a home to a lot of Irish Americans, as right. is the East Coast. Boston, up there where Phil's at, and of course in New York where, where Scott's at, and so I think. And that's why right. I see the appeal of having strong, right? You know, ties you know, to the Irish. Think about this: Las Vegas isn't really known for its Irish contingent. I mean, no, right. most Irish everybody that goes travel, there, though. most everybody goes there is is somebody that's that's um, you know a visitor, right? Are you going to yeah, draw? But- but but my point is, Irish fans travel, right? We talk about the Lions; they travel every four years with the Lions tour. So I don't think yeah, that's a Lions tour. You can't compare that. Yeah. No, but my point, is, my point is, if you my point is, if you if you look at the amount of Irish fans that come to the states to watch Ireland play, I watched Munster play uh, USA in Rensselaer Field in, in Connecticut. There's a huge contingent of Munster fans who hopped across the pond to watch them play the Eagles in a game that doesn't mean anything. So my point is, if they're right. coming to watch their their provincial team, they're going to come watch their national team. Again, I just think you can't, in the time of COVID, you can't hedge the bet. I think they would have filled the stadium well if the Irish fans were going there. And I don't think it has to do with the population of Irish in the area, because Vegas is just an international destination. So if we have uh, to I, look I, back on the evidence, um, and I'm, I'm going to tie it back to, to you in a moment, Rob, so if we had to look back at the evidence and we ask ourselves, okay, here's a 65,000-seater stadium when it's using a rugby-sized pitch uh, approximately from what Scott had shared a moment ago. But the on-record attendance is somewhere in the ballpark of only 26,000 when it was in Chicago the last time around, right? So how do you expect to be able to get more than double that when it's only a, a few years later and in a completely different area um, that expectation, I think, was almost unrealistic from the start. And I'm not Rob, sure. I'm, throw, that, throw to, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm going to throw it to Rob because I know he had something he wanted to share just yeah, beforehand, and, and, and he and, was also there. 
Right. And I think it is unrealistic. I, I guess um, I, I would say look at the Ireland-Italy game here at Soldier Field. You had a you had three right. matches all in one day, and I think they sold 26,000 tickets, which isn't bad, but it doesn't fill a 60,000-seat stadium at Soldier Field, right? I think what, what really um, Bill and sold out the match there at Soldier Field in, in what it was a 2018, um, or excuse me, it was 2016, uh, was the fact that you had two heavy hitters. Right. And and the fact that a lot of Irish Americans turned into Irish fans inside that stadium. And Mm -hmm. I'm not saying Ireland didn't travel well. They do. But still, you draw a lot of Irish Americans into that into that, um, you know, into that. Right. But here's here's the thing. I think what we're not thinking about is because they're trying to hedge their bet on this, this covid restrictions. They were thinking Ireland, the Irish haven't been able to travel anywhere in two years. So. If they're gonna make if they're gonna make travel plans, why not be in Vegas for an Ireland USA rugby match? You know, they didn't say who the curtain raiser was gonna be. I'm sure they would have had a curtain raiser. So I mean, I think again, they were hedging their bet on this is gonna be the first trip the Irish contingent can really travel to across the pond, right? And after COVID, they've been stuck in their houses on lockdown for X amount of months. I so I think that's what they were doing. And I think again, I think if you hit it right, it's a home run. But this is like not even swinging on strike three. This is right, but that's like betting on a horse that has four hundred one odds. If it comes yeah. in, you're rich. If not, you're just a stupid bet. Yeah. So that. So I think it's more of that. I think you can get that, but by, by the parameters that they had. But again, you know, struck out looking. It's yeah. just poor planning. Ultimately, is the, the best way to sum it up is just poor planning. Well, agree there. So the question is: Was it set up for success from the start, or was it set up for failure? Let's go once around the table to be able to hear our final thoughts. We start with the final thought from Phil. Yeah, it's just poor planning. I don't think it was um, managed well, but it was USA Rugby a part of it, so I'm not necessarily surprised. I mean, I'm a proud American, but the organization is coming out of bankruptcy, um, poor management uh, to get into that situation, and then they're throwing money into a, a risk, ultimately. I mean, everything is calculated risk, but it didn't didn't look good. Um Ultimately, it's just it's, it seems unlucky, but there was also some poor planning on their part, unfortunately. Fair enough, Scott. Share your thoughts. I don't think it was set up to fail. I think it was more of a risk reward situation, and I think they got that portion wrong, and it's an embarrassment. All right, stern words, firm on your stance. I like it, Rob Hammerschmidt. Uh, given the bankruptcy, um, you know, Phil mentioned it. Uh, they needed USAR needs to hit a home run, and I just don't think this was the venue and this was the opportunity, nor the team to invite to hit that home run. Um, if they would have just focused their energies on Washington D.C. and New Zealand, do one event, do it right, do it well, hit the home run, and then think about how you can start to build and develop other events later on down the road. Right, so just get it right the first time, you'll learn the formula, and from there you build. You know what, gentlemen, I think that it's been a fair rant, and I think that you've all shared great points of view, a little bit differing, but for the most part, we all agreed that it was just too much of an ask uh, under the conditions and under the current climate that we are still very much in the middle of. Uh, And Ireland, who is particularly harder hit right now with even more strict uh, travel restrictions and bans uh, under the COVID climate, 
So yeah, perhaps it was set up for for success uh, in principle, but in practice, it just fell short in many many areas. Uh, and while we don't ill wish uh, any USA rugby ventures, uh, we think they might have just bit off a little bit more than they could chew on this particular occasion, uh, given that there are a lot of commitments for USA rugby and fans. You know, they're just being asked too much of them right now. Well, let's take the opportunity to be able to step away from this rant just for a moment as we hear a few words from one of our partners here on the Rugby Rant. Tighthead Brewing Company is Chicago's premier location to watch rugby and enjoy quality ales and lagers for all seasons. Located in Mundelein, Illinois, and the heart of Lake County, owner Bruce Dewar and the Tighthead staff will ensure you are kept well hydrated so you don't miss a single scrum. Come to Tighthead and celebrate the 10-year anniversary of this wonderful establishment and the making of some wonderful handcrafted brews with Bruce and his staff. You won't regret it because Tighthead's tap room is like the familiar rugby clubhouse in which friends and teammates can meet, socialize, and enjoy a wide variety of brews on tap. And there's a lot of rugby to enjoy coming this fall. We have the Women's Rugby World Cup. We have the HSBC 7s. We have the PR 7s. We have Autumn Internationals in both October and in November. Lots of rugby on tap. Lots of beers to enjoy. So, hey, Chicago, when you want rugby, Tighthead Brewing Company will satisfy your thirst. Tighthead, it's worth more than a try. And I'd like to be able to take the opportunity to be able to share one of our special partners who is truly giving back to rugby. And that is so important for us here on the Rugby Rant that we help grow rugby one fan at a time. These guys are taking one step further from rugby coffee and they are helping rugby grow through youth development. Every cup that you enjoy from rugby coffee, 10% of the proceeds are being given back to developing youth rugby programs across Canada and the U.S. What better reason do you need to be able to enjoy a cup of coffee? This ethically sourced coffee, two North American brands have been developed by these uh, guys. One is the crowd favorite. This is easily to be enjoyed by everybody. Uh, and then the second, a little darker, bit of a more bold blend is the Jouet Jouet. Uh, whatever your preference may be, grab a bag of this from rugbycoffee.com. And remember, this ethically sourced coffee brand is giving 10% of their profits annually back to growing rugby. And what reason do you need to be able to enjoy rugby and coffee together than that alone. So make sure that you go and check them out at rugbycoffee.com, our partners here on the Rugby Rant Podcast Show. We enjoy it. You should too. And we're back, rugby fans. Of course, this is the show where we put ourselves and our guests to the test in this debate format here on the Rugby Rant Podcast Show. And as is tradition, we need to be able to crown a winner of this rant. And what was it about? Well, we were talking about the Las Vegas Cup, the cancellation, and the rumors that surrounded. And what do we speculate was some of the reasons. And it was an interesting debate. Ultimately, it seems that we're all on a very similar page that USA Rugby might have bit off a little bit more than they could chew. The expectation was a little high, and they certainly underdelivered. Maybe. Maybe some of the rumors were true that tickets sales were low, or maybe it was just too much happening for the rugby fan to get involved with on the back of other internationals and following internationals with New Zealand in D.C. So all of these could have been a factor. Maybe it was one. Maybe it was none. But we are here to crown a winner. And on this occasion, for this particular round, I give it to Rob Hammerschmidt. 
Yeah. <laughs> he, made, he made no good points. Hey, as, well, saying, as long as it wasn't the big guy, yes, we're happy, my friend. He agreed with me on all my points, so he he just took my points. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, but you said Des Moines sucks. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I didn't say Des Moines sucks. I just said the Irish aren't going to travel there for an, for an international test match. I think Scott um, is producing some sour grapes for that wine. I think Scott's going to edit this episode with make that sure he's the winner. Had. <laughs> so, hey, just don't piss off uh, John Cullen when he comes on next week because he's from Des Moines too, and I'm pretty sure he could kick all through four of our asses at yeah, one time. Uh, that, for sure, for sure. <laughs> Amen. Uh, but as is tradition, we like to be able to also throw the mic over to uh, our guest, so Phil. Uh, you've been a great sport. You've been a great competitor. This round wasn't yours. Uh, however, we like to be able to give the mic to you to be able to send a few shout outs to anybody important, maybe a special cause you'd like to draw attention to or tell fans how they can tune in to Jack's Rangers. Cool. Thanks, Ty. I love your, uh, your jersey there, my friend. Looking good. Looking right. sharp. Uh, so, yeah, I do a little podcast called The Jack's Rangers Show. We are 17 episodes in, guys. I think when I first came on, we were like two or three. So, yeah, we just keep on rolling, man. Uh, at episode 14, I was like, well, this is the last episode of the season, but I was just short-sighted. I couldn't stay away, right? So we've got all the off-season stuff going on right now. Uh, player interviews are coming up because we're uh, announcing with the Free Jacks here, you know, some signings uh, for the uh, the new season coming up. So just want to give a shout-out to the podcast that I do Jack's Rangers. So you can find us on jacksrangers.com. Also, the first regiment. So there's a really cool thing going on in Fort Quincy there, which is behind me. We are officially starting an unofficial um, uh, supporters group called the First Regiment. So all of the hardcore Free Jack fans out there, all the Rangers, um, check out uh, thefirstregiment.com. Uh, we're going to be having meetings soon, in-person meetings. So you check that out. Um, would definitely love to have you join the regiment. Excellent. That's kind of like, so to expand on that, it's, you know, like the cohort I have in San Diego, you've got these like elite fan group, right? That, yeah. uh, yeah. And you, gold and, diggers and down there, Nola. Yeah, oh. exactly. And I love this about the American rugby culture that's developing the roosters, of course. Yeah. Like, like, like <laughs> I like how Scott's like, why wouldn't you say the one that, you know, I'm on every week. <laughs> <laughs> Just because we know Seriously. it would irritate you if we didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, it, this is one of the unique things that is starting to emerge in American rugby culture. Uh, and I love to hear another version of it popping up uh, for the Free Jack. So, you know, again, thanks for being one of those great fans. Thanks for being one of the pioneers out there in, uh, in a new rugby community that is embracing Major League Rugby uh, and also moving to a new home, as you said, for Quincy, uh, potentially the new venue for uh, the upcoming season for the Free Jacks. Um, so, Phil, again, thanks for being such a great super fan and joining us here on the Rugby Rant Podcast Show. Uh, and make sure you go check out his show. And, of course, you can see us each and every week on the Rugby Network. And you can follow us online under the handle at Rugby Rant Pod for more great content, whether it be the run, pass, or kick interviews, which take place every Monday at 8 p.m. CST. You can catch us again under the handle at Rugby Rant Pod on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, wherever you may find us. We will be there sharing more great news about Major League Rugby, USA Rugby, Rugby Canada, and everything in between because we aim to help grow rugby one fan at a time my name is ty brogger 
your host for today's activities alongside my colleagues, Rob Hammerschmidt and Scott Ferrara. And on behalf of Phil Harris, we say thank you for watching another episode of the Rugby Rant Podcast Show. I had it. I was so close. Beep. Rugby (laughs) Rant Podcast Show. Hey there, rugby fans. Again, welcome back to the Rugby Rant Podcast Show for our second half action. And this time we're going to be talking about our Power Rankings MLR Edition. And here are the rules, gentlemen. You know that you each get two minutes to be able to rant, but more importantly, how are you going to do this one? Well, we're going to identify the top three picks from each conference making up the best six. These will be our predictions right now as it stands in your opinion for the upcoming season who may very well make it to the playoff rounds. So you can be as a fan following along with these choices based on what our experts here experts have said uh remember our show is three guys who think they know about rugby so we might be completely wrong and none of this will matter (laughs) just like every other episode however we are going to give them the opportunity to tell us again their top three from the eastern conference and their top three power rankings from the west to be able to kick it off we hand it over to rob habishmit take the floor well, if we're going with power rankings just based upon last season, you obviously have to kind of think about where teams land at the end of last season. So I'm going to start in the East. I'm going to go first with Atlanta has to be amongst your top. They they kind of um, uh, floundered, if you will, in the final, but they ran up against the bus. So let's face it, we knew L.A. was going to be tough all year long. Um, so I'm going to stay stick with L.A. on top. Uh, I'm going to bring Noel into the fold, of course. Um, and yeah, I'm a homer, but uh, I can't. We we can't forget that they're going to get three important backs back um, into their fold. You're going to have Robbie Coleman back from knee injury. I'm told that he's going to be ready to to, to to come into the fold from the first week. You have Nick Feeks and you have Phil Eloff, and those are three very um, you know electric guys each in their own way. And I think it'll really help shape that back line a bit. Um, that was just starting to gel at the end of the season. And then um, Rooney, you can't discount them. A lot of Eagles on the team. Honko was an absolute animal uh, in both of the um, internationals uh, involving Canada. So you got to like them. And, and I'm going to throw an honorable mention to Toronto. It's really hard to gauge them because they played everything out of, you know, out of country last year. But yeah. they sure had, you know, I think 16 of their uh, arrows were on Rugby Canada. They showed what they could do uh, when they're back on home soil. Um, and so look out for them. I wouldn't be surprised if they're able to bump one of those three out of position. In the West, I'm going to go, of course, with L.A. Yes, Adam Ashley Cooper is in retirement, but he's going to come in as a coach. You still have uh, some powerhouse players, you know, guys like Billy Meeks, Goddard, um, you know, some of that, that um, uh, you know, uh, guys in the second and back row and, and front row. So I think you got some powerful guys, of course. Um, and then um, uh, I think Utah is going to be in the mix as well, they really showed how powerful and potent they could be, especially as the, as a the match draws to an end. And then lastly, I think San Diego is going to be there. I hear they got a signing that people are going to be surprised by. I won't let the cat out of the bag. Stay tuned to the Rugby Rant podcast. You might find that out sooner than you think. Um, but I, the fact that they have – they're going to lose Saul Mochin, but, of course, Chris Ross, Chris Robshaw is back, and they got a plethora of other studs that I think will bolster them as they get back in the friendly confines of Torero. I'm confused, and I think you said like eight names. Yeah. So I'm going to g- rewind a little bit and make sure I got it. 
because you mentioned a lot of good stuff and gave some really great backstory to some. He essentially of mentioned made. the whole league is what he did. He just no, I mentioned <laughs> yeah. ATL, Nola, Rooney, Toronto's an honorable mention. Could supplant the other two. Oh, Toronto, LA, an honorable mention. Okay, so you, you you're pulling the Scott tactic, which is five names and fifteen honorable mentions. It, it worked for him. It worked for <laughs> what him. Are you so talking it's about? <laughs> So, so let me let me recap. Your six, you got LA, you got Nolo, you got inside that six is Utah, inside the six is Rooney and Atlanta, and ending with San Diego. Toronto was your honorable mention, which sits mm-hmm. outside of that six that you would normally choose as your best picks for next season, right? Yep. All right. Sounds good. Sounds strong. I do like the honorable mention, by the way. Uh, for Toronto, um, obviously Toronto were, were, were dealt a lot harder deal than many teams, and I'm not trying to, to, to use it as an excuse uh, for their end-of-season results, uh, but they did have to be able to, just before, transplant their entire club organization, start everything across to yeah. Atlanta for the 2021 season. However, if we go back to the truncated season of 2020, they went four out of five wins, uh, uh, and again, on the road, because they never had, in two years, they haven't even had a home game since, you know, uh, they're, they're, well, since the last two years. So, yeah, I think that overcoming the obstacles they had to and still perform at a high level, respect. And, by the way, OGDC lost um, Jason Robertson. Uh, he's going back to New Zealand. That was a linchpin for them. So I think they're going to struggle to find continuity of the back line. You're right. I mean, there was a key player, right? And, 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 so and they're in another team. He's talking about other teams. No, I, that's why yeah. they're out. That's why they're out. <laughs> Just name them all. It's not difficult to figure out. No rocket science. I'm just saying the only team you didn't no. talk about in the Eastern Conference is the damn Free Jacks. So, I mean, yeah, what's going on with that, Hammer? <laughs> I, I, I figured I'd leave some meat on the bone for you, my friend. Okay, thanks. Appreciate it. That's more like the scraps that, that you left there for the. Uh... <laughs> so let's turn our attention to Scott, the big guy, Ferrari. He seems ready to rock and roll. We're still cooking and we're going, going back, back to Cali, Cali. So let's talk about the Western Conference. I'm talking about the Giltinis. I think they're going to have continuity. I think all their young guys um, are going to have more playing time now that some of these uh, old heads are, are moving on and coaching or you know not coming back, things like that. Um, San Diego, I think the problem with San Diego was their lack of continuity for home matches, you know, practice play. You know, they were in Chula Vista. They were in Vegas. They were back at, at Torero, and I think they just couldn't find – if you can't find a home, I think that's the, the, a big issue in any sport. Um, so I think they get back on track. Um, and then I, the, the, the last one coming out of, of the Western Conference, I'm going with the new Dallas Jackals team. Um, they're starting to set up some good teams there. I think they're going to be sneaky good. Um, I, we saw AGs and Sabercats you know, tail off. Um, AGs had a great defense. I want to say for seventy five percent of of their matches, but you know, offensively couldn't find the firepower. I mean, if they find the firepower, maybe they step up. But I really think we're going with Dallas. Now let's talk about the Eastern Conference. Um, I'm going with uh, um, Atlanta, Rooney, and Toronto. And the reason I'm going with those three, um, Atlanta, uh, killing it on offense. Um, you know, putting the putting the pedal to the metal. Um, Rooney again. They're kind of getting back a, a core group of guys. A lot of them Eagles. Like the continuity is going to be there. Um, and I just think Toronto. If you look at their standings at at, at five wins and eleven losses, but look at the point differential for the entire season is a negative one. That's the other team that had a lack of continuity for not being able to play home matches in their home country. So uh, those are my six. 
I like it. I like it. I like it. Short and concise. Uh, yeah. So let's look over it again. LA. So interesting that you and Rob both agree in this point. We'll see how Phil feels about it. That was your number one pick in the West. Well, obviously we can see by the record that they've already said that it's pretty much an easy yes. They won the league. They won their conference before that. Uh, they still have a, a great amount of players on contract that were there this past season that are most likely uh, we can safely assume at least will still be there. Uh, and then also really great players that have kind of come into fruition and come into their own recently, like Christian Dyer, who has had a stellar uh, appearance at the USA level that will you hope to continue into to the MLR next season. So a lot of growth potential there. Uh, even though they got the experience, there's a lot of growth potential inside that team. And they have just typically been leading the way. San Diego, I like that choice. I honestly do, because I think that they're also one of those teams, much like we said for Toronto, had a lot of rough cards and rough deals handed to them uh, in the past season that you couldn't really say it was the true San Diego, right? It was just too difficult an obstacle for them to change venues too often. Uh, injuries. I mean, Rob Shaw, who was hailed as this, you know, the marquee signing, never really got a run out or at least very little time. Uh, and not by his fault of any of his own. It's just unfortunate that he ain't got injured, right? Um, but we, we know that he's coming back. We know he's got another shot. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to be able to see another big push from them ahead of next season to be more talent, which has been their form just before. They're not afraid to be able to bring in uh, uh, former uh, uh, internationals from New Zealand and, of course, England, so we could expect more of the same. Jackals, interesting one. Uh, a lot of young talent. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, that's the one that kind of threw me off that I'm surprised. Well, you that. I don't want to say it's wrong. It's, this is the year one of the Texas teams is going to be in the playoff picture, and I think it's Dallas. I think some of the some of the Houston players and, and Austin players are going to jump a little ship. I think Dallas is going to have a sneaky uh, a sneaky good roster, and you guys are going to see it. And talking about San Diego real quick, a negative 34-point differential, but the biggest thing is a negative 2 um, uh, uh, try differential. So, you know, most of those points were, were penalty points, but right. on tries against opponents, it was only negative two. So I think if you go by the analytics of it, that's why they're a stronger team going into 2022. Right. And, and obviously there's, there's only, an, uh, you know, things can only get better because unfortunately, while it was a disappointing season, you have to be able to set that aside and go, okay, well, look, we can obviously improve upon that when we have these other things in place. So I think there's a lot of upside there. Jackals, we just don't know anything about them. So it's kind of hard to be able to figure that out just yet. And the, the, the signings they've had are young. We haven't seen any of those true marquee players being signed. And we don't know if they will. But I'm excited to be able to see them play some rugby. So throwing them in the mix, I'll give you a thumbs up for that. Because why not, right? Nobody can co- refute the point because no Listen, one's ever seen them play. I don't, I, don't take the, I don't take the easy ones, Ty. I don't take the easy ones. like other Right, no, but that's a safe bet because I can't argue it because I've never seen them play. <laughs> so smart move too. Uh, let's turn our attention to the East. Atlanta, familiar favorite. Of course, we know that they were the conference champions. I'm surprised you put them ahead of your Rooney, but, you know, that's how the scoreline ended up and, uh, and that's how your rankings ended up too. Rooney, of course, have just been a familiar favorite in those in those last and final stages. For whatever reason, they just don't have that little bit extra on the day that they need the most. Um, but I think that, you know, if the team stays largely the same as it was this season, which we expect it to be with a lot of the Eagles, especially in the tie five, um, that they could really build upon some of the successes of the past season. So I think that's a good solid pick. And I love that you included Toronto as your third pick there for all the reasons I mentioned before. Solid round. And I, and, and I, and I think that's I like it because there's a couple of wild cards in there too, uh, just to mix it up. 
Let's hand it over to Phil. All right, gents. I got a bone to pick with uh, Hammer and the big guy here. Not a lot of, you know, jumping out on a limb, except for you, big guy with the jackals, which I think that's a terrible uh, take. (laughs) Um, So let me just throw it out for the Eastern Conference, what I know the most, right? Stick to what you know. Uh, Atlanta at number three. I have a lot of time for Scott Lawrence and what he's doing down there in Atlanta. The Eastern Conference winners from 2021 will be a strong team throughout the season, but may come just short of reaching the higher levels um, up the Eastern Conference ladder there. Uh, continuity is a big thing, so we're expecting you know a lot of those guys to come back, and they're very good. A lot of physicality on that team, but um, my Jacks, the free Jacks, of course, uh, will be uh, 70% of their roster is going to be retained per Tom Kindly, the performance director of the free Jacks. He said that on my podcast uh, a couple times already. Um, I think the new head coach, Scott Matthew from South Africa, will live up to his nickname, nickname of the giant killer back home, doing more with less. Um, I think our team, you know, we're, we're amazing at home, uh, only losing one game. Uh, Fort Quincy behind me here is going to be a fortress, just like Fort Union Point was. Um, I have a lot of time for this team. I think there will be a lot of physicality, a lot of um, work ethic and uh, competitiveness in this team that uh, is being retained. And uh, for my number one, um, kind of su- uh, surprised, but Toronto, in if they're back in their home base of the great, great white north, they will have a talented team that can beat anybody in the east. Uh, a lot of people had Toronto as the Eastern Conference winners last year. Obviously, COVID threw a wrench into that. But I feel good about them. Um, moving it to the West, of course, L.A., the evil empire, continues to live up to its name, thumbing their nose at the salary cap, potentially, um, and being uh, basically a holding stall for the glue factory uh, that is uh, pro rugby. Um, it's a team with the worst name in uh, sports, unfortunately, dominating the com- competition. I bet old Gilly is on the phone right now to Curtly Beal as we speak, trying to convince him to join L.A.'s evil empire. Uh, Seattle, number two, the uh, Seawolves finally get back uh, to their back-to-back championship form after a nightmarish 2021 uh, they have great fans up there that's going to make the, that area a fortress once again in the Pacific Northwest. And then, well, that's a kind of a shocker, right? But then for third, I've got Houston, okay? nobody's Everybody's sleeping on Houston right now. But listen, their director of rugby, uh, Ty, I'm sure this is a guy that you know very well, being a South African, is a, is a proven winner. Um, that ownership there has shown time and time again that they are in this thing for the long haul. They're the only team with a rugby-specific stadium. I think that they're going to make leaps and bounds this year uh, with the talent that they bring in. And I I want them to win. I'm I'm no big fan of theirs by any means, but any team that is invested in a rugby-specific stadium in the United States, go make the playoffs, do what you need to do. Best of luck. Right. Uh, yeah, here's another interesting picks from from you guys. Man, you're making me uh, think, yeah, this is really nice. I like it because there's a little bit of variety, but the consistency is certainly uh, mostly around L.A. The, every one of you listed as the first pick, uh, top uh, rank for the West. And, and it makes sense. We've already established that. Um, Seattle, interesting one. I mean, Seattle obviously had a disappointing season last season, but I also think I want to, I want to say that they also had a pretty much underwhelming season for the first part of the 2020 season as well. Um, so is this indicative of how rugby is growing at that level with MLR that they're kind of just sticking to the same formula and it's just not quite enough anymore 
Um, you know, last season they made a really big point about continuing to be able to recruit players of the same level. They rehired their, their existing team, didn't bring much more new international uh, experience talent in. Instead, they brought in the draftees and they go on to build their program from the bottom up, and which I admire, but it doesn't always deliver results very quickly. And that's also what fans want, especially if they come to, to have the expectation of being winners. Uh, it's very tough pill to be able to swallow to have two winning seasons followed by two for lack of a better term underwhelming seasons so that will be an interesting pick it really does depend on what they're what they're recruiting is going to be like for next season i think um and they've had a lot of inconsistency in coaching too so i think that there's there's a few things in their corner that are not working in their favor i like the houston one though uh heineken mayor we were privileged to be able to have him on a show and he is of course a world cup level coach uh, did successfully with South Africa and, of course, uh, many other uh, platforms uh, across the, the rugby landscape. He is also uh, one of those that is very hands-on. Uh, Rob and I and Scott all had the opportunity to be able to talk with him off camera. And and he said he's going to be hands-on. He's there. He's not a consultant. He's not Zooming uh, you know, conversations. He's not Skyping anybody. He's on the ground, boots on the ground. And so he's now starting to open up the pathway for many of the other people he trusts in rugby to join him at Houston. So it's going to be an interesting to see how that develops. Uh, I can see Rob is like wanting yeah, to jump in. I, and and I, I thought about Houston too. Here's the thing. I think you're going to see them get better. I just think it's going to take a bit more time for Heineke to develop that culture that he can right. definitely create down there in Houston. I mean, he's having to rebuild talking, from zero, break it down to build it back up, and that and, takes and time. Right, and, you're and he's got about some team. young guys to do it with. I think mm. it's just going to take some time. And you're talking about a team that had a negative 276 point differential, and the biggest part of that is a negative 49 um, try differential. So 95 percent of that differential was just because they were outscored via tries. So when you're looking at San Diego and you're saying that their try differential was negative two and their point differential was 34, their games were a lot closer, even though there was mm-hmm. a lot of big. Lot and let's not forget they were also among the first to really challenge LA. Now they came up short because they just didn't have the legs to be able to carry it through. Um, but we also or we already saw the impact one player had in their style with Boyer. Right now, imagine yeah. you get three or four of these playmakers involved, which you have to recognize. Heineken Mayer has the ability to spot these players. Like he could see something in a player before most can. Um, and, of course, his support staff will be pretty much of the same mindset because he's worked with these guys over different periods throughout his career. So it will be interesting to see what can be achieved between now and next season because, it, to your point, Rob, yes, it's going to take time, but to the, to the point of what the fan may expect and what the, 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 the ownership may expect is if you're going to go out and spend a lot of money, you want to know that your investment is, is worthwhile. So they will want to see something, especially with three seasons, what is it now, actually four seasons, of very underwhelming ends to their season. I mean, Dan Power called them the perpetual underperformers of MLR. It's a tough title, but they've earned it over four seasons. So um, let's turn our attention to, to the other conference that Phil had mentioned. Atlanta, common theme through all of yours. You put it as your number three pick, though, yeah. Um, yeah. which was interesting. The lowest rank out of them, uh, out of this grouping so far, but yet came out the winner. So maybe you expect something to change or that rhythm to not continue to next season. Free Jacks, obviously, you got to put them there. They're in at number two is your pick. Um, you cited one of the important points is that they're going to retain 70% of their squad. 
at uh, least, as long as you're yeah. over 50%, you still got some continuity, right? Yes. Your, and I love this one again. I like these wild card picks uh, because you just throw it out there. With Toronto, you know, I love the way Toronto plays rugby. I do. I think it's exciting. I think it's running rugby, um, but it's high risk, you know, in terms of, of, okay, last season really wasn't a good reflection. Let me rewind because they weren't really kind of playing to their true form. They had a lot of people that should have been there. They weren't there. They were four months away from their families. Difficult. But when they were playing great rugby in 2020, you know, they were, they were on fire. Uh, yes, they had uh, a lot of their old squad. But the point I really wanted to be able to make when we talk about continuity, it's kind of been a similar theme running through all of this. They have all of their guys, 12 players that were brought into the Canadian national team squad that are continuing to play all the way through and will continue to until they join, rejoin the camp. And they're still playing rugby now in Canada for the, uh, for the Toronto, uh, the, uh, the rugby rally, right? So they're still playing rugby now as the Toronto Arrows. So they're keeping that momentum going. They're doing a great job. And they're keeping that team together. So the continuity is going to be unbelievable. They're going to have even more opportunity to build upon that platform because they've never stopped going, right? Uh, whereas other teams have had to stop for this traditional break. And they've just kept going because they wanted to be able to provide rugby for their fans in Toronto. So they're all really good picks. I mean, I got to ask myself now who's going to be the winner of the strands. And it's a very difficult one to be able to establish. But before then, do you guys have any comments about somebody else's picks? I just want to say that nobody else picked the Free Jacks, and I think that's pretty abysmal uh, and, and embarrassing <laughs> on your guys' part. Can't right. wait to see them come into the playoffs and, and beat your respective teams if they make it. Right. Wait for the Super Brute Contest, the next one, right? And we'll, we'll see who gets the best picks. Yeah, I, I, I would say this. Um, you know, uh, look, Nola, Rooney, and ATL all had a round robin where they beat each other twice. Right. right. Nola beat Rooney twice, ATL beat Nola twice, Rooney beat uh, ATL twice. And so, you know, with that that kind of parity, it's it's really hard to discount any of the three. Of course, like I said, Toronto is the wild card because they are comp- you know, they'll be at home next year and they'll have their fan playing in front of their fans, so it's hard to say. But again, I think um, things are looking up for them. But um, yeah, well, I we just, hope so. And, we hope that they'll get to play at home, and right? I'm not worried that, that there's some there's going to be some changes in NOLA, too, a little bit of changes in NOLA that I think are going to be beneficial to their offense. Yeah, of course, right? I mean, we always want to be able to kind of see uh, there's going to be coaching changes, there's going to be player changes, there's going to be players coming and going. Uh, in, in now, this period, it's going to get exciting because I think from this week, all the teams are going to start rolling out their announcements of who has been signed, who has re-signed for the next season. We'll kind of get to be able to see the framework of what their teams might look like. However, we'll only know for sure once teams assemble, which I believe is late November or December, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, they will, of course, take a break over the, over the holidays. Um, but the assumption is that there'll be boots on the ground, in, especially the international players. They'll come in as early as they can because they, need, they might have further restrictions. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we could, we could see what these teams might look like as, as early as November. And, and that's exciting, right? Um, so let's draw our attention to, to who is going to be our winner. And it might have flown a little bit under the radar, but I did take note that this person put in a little bit more effort uh, the, the, in some areas that stood out for me, and it works into something that I enjoy when backing the facts, is the stats. 
So I'm going to hand this one over to Scott. Look at the smile on his face. He knew it was coming his way. <laughs> Yet again, another win. You know, I, I tell you guys all the time, Rob doesn't really know what he's talking about. I mean, it's... it's <laughs> <laughs> right. I wake up in the morning and I piss excellence. It's, a, it's another win for the big guy. Right. And, <laughs> and you steal lines from other shows, too, so... Yeah, exactly. congratulations. <laughs> Popular shows. He makes it so easy to root movies. against him, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listen, come at me when you win a couple, Phil. I mean, come at me when you win a couple. Last time, don't you remember? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. You didn't make the playoffs. That's right. Oh. Have you won a shield? No. What are you no. talking about? Playoffs. Make the playoffs. You weren't even close. You weren't even runner up. Rob's team was runner up to make the playoffs. So if we had the original playoff schedule, you still wouldn't have made it. <laughs> okay. And well, this is why we do this show. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I want to be able to remind our viewers that, of course, what we do here is all just for the, the, the fun of it. Uh, we hope to be able to engage an audience who want to learn more about rugby. And, of course, for the more avid fan, yeah. we kind of dive into some great points you may agree with, you may disagree with, and whatever it may be, you want to be able to share your thoughts, you could do so by commenting on our feed on social media under the handle at Rugby Rant Pod. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Everybody except one person. We know who that is um that being said we encourage to be able to you to help us grow rugby one fan at a time is it only landing now gentlemen yeah. oh yeah. yeah and by the way folks if you have topics or things you want us to cover please let us know um you know we of course in order to grow rugby we want to engage fans and so the more that the more ideas about you would what you would like to see on the show is a topic of conversation and sure. listen don't join in don't don't just give a topic say i want to right. be a ranter because i want to talk about Absolutely. this topic i like phil <laughs> phil's come through twice yep. now for us it's been awesome mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly that, right? And, and you know, it, it's because of efforts like Phil, who's, you know, going the extra mile to engage his rugby community, to be yeah. able to build a fan base, that we all get to be able to enjoy rugby at a higher and greater level. Uh, but it takes time, and, it, and you know, and, it, and, and no contribution is too small. Join us on the show. Take on Scott. Take on Rob. You know, we'd love to be able to, to do this because that's what it's for. It's for you as the fans. Our motto, our mission is to be able to help grow rugby one fan at a time and that could be you so follow us on social media under the handle at rugby rant pod alternatively you can also find us each and every week every friday with a new rugby debate episode on the rugby network and again you could see us uh, on run pass or kick interviews where we interview another rugby insider every monday at 8 p.m for this episode, as we do for each every one before, we like to be able to hand it over to our guests for a final thought. Anything that you wanted to be able to share, a special message, tell our fans here and now what that might be. Hey, uh, appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, this has been awesome, of course. Uh, Rooney sucks. Huzzah. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, uh, free Jacks, you know, go win it all this year. Uh, put everybody to uh, to shame, and uh, these picks will be completely meaningless if the Free Jacks go and win the whole thing next season. Hoping for that, of course. And check us out at jacksrangers.com. Actually, it won't be meaningless because we will note and remind everybody that you picked them at number two. <laughs> as long, as the minimum expectation in my mind is to get to the playoffs and then see what happens. That's all. That's, right. that's what I think. 
<laughs> and that's pretty much the formula I think for every team is get to the playoffs and figure it out from there, right? Because you only then know who your opponents will be and the strength of them on the day. And talking about on the day, that winner is for today, Scott Ferrara. And uh, he is obviously super proud one more time, but you can take him on next week by letting us know whether you'd like to be a ranter on the Rugby Rant podcast show. On behalf of the team, my name is Ty Braga. You have Rob Hammerschmidt and Scott Ferrara and, of course, Phil Harris from Jack's Rangers. Thank you for watching another great episode of the Rugby Rant Podcast Show, and we will see you at... BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.